to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I want you to say this out loud. Have a need, sow a seed. That's the title of this message this morning. I'm starting a new mini-series on the mini-message. This is not the main message. Just before we speak a blessing over those that gave or will give, we want to take time to see these scriptures. I want to teach you over the next couple of weeks how to believe God for seed. How to believe God for seed. One of the things that we've learned is that if you have a need, sow a seed. How many of you all need something in life? Well, the way God has taught us through His Word is that if you need something, sow a seed for it. Give it time, and it'll, it'll produce what it is that you need. God knows what things you have need of before you ask Him. But because He established His principle on the laws of sowing and reaping, because he's established life on the principle of the laws of sowing and reaping, you want to make sure that you have seed in the ground. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 10, it says, Now may he, talking about God, he who supplies seed to the sower, may he also provide bread for your food. And supply and multiply the seed you have sown. And increase the fruits of your righteousness. How many of you all know that God is the one who supplies seed to the sower? Well, not only does he supply seed to the sower, he also supplies bread for food. Is that right? But why does he give us seed and bread? Why not just give us bread? Why not just give us what we need? I mean, isn't God our provider? I mean, we sing Jehovah Jireh, my provider. How many of you all believe that God is your provider? Amen. Amen. Well, God is our provider, but notice he gives seed to sow And bread for food. And I also want you to notice that he gives you seed to sow and he puts that first. Then he gives you bread for food. Now this reveals the kingdom principle of seed time and harvest. Why does God give us seed to sow? Now, if you've been eating 100% of what God gives you, then you don't have a harvest to come for the future. That means you ate your seed and your bread. That means your needs are going to be scarcely met and you're going to be living essentially from hand to mouth and that's not how God designed it. How did he design it? Well, in Genesis chapter 8, let's look at verse 20 through 22. In Genesis 8, 20 through 22, it says, Then Noah built an altar... To the Lord, and took of every clean animal and every bird, clean bird, and he offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, 
I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. Although his imagination, the imagination of man's heart, is evil from his youth, nor will I ever again destroy every living thing as I have done. While the earth remains, God says, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. Now, this is a very interesting uh, passage. This is right after the flood. This is Noah and the ark and the flood. And, of course, God destroyed everything on the planet because the imagination of man's heart was wicked. One of the first things, somebody say first things. One of the first things that Noah did when he got off the altar, got got out of the ark, was built an altar and offered an offering unto the Lord. Did you know that when you give your tithes and your offering, when you give money to churches and ministries that are preaching the gospel, that you are not just giving to organizations like, you know, when you check out at Walmart and they ask you, do you want to donate to the children's hospital? That's when, when you give to Faith Family Church or other ministries that are preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's not like donating to St. Jude or to the, you know, multiple sclerosis, multiple sclerosis, you know, organization. No, you are offering an offering to God Almighty. And he receives it as a sweet smell and an aroma. I mean, you would think that if you took an animal and burned it up, completely burned, I'm not talking about cooking it to eat it. But if you put it on an altar to burn it up, oh, what a waste. You know, well, why would you do that? Why would you take a perfectly healthy animal and put it up on an altar and just burn it up? And why would God uh, take respect to people who would destroy a living creature For what reason is this waste the thought could come to mind? And for some in the world, they see it as why? Why should I give to the church? Why? Why would I? It's not about giving to an organization. It's about an act of honor when you are offering an offering unto God. And notice what it evoked. What, notice what happened. God spoke as a result. Of the act of honor and the offering that they gave. What I believe is when you and I give, God speaks because of our act of honor, because of the offerings that we give. God said something that we should never forget. He says, as long as the earth remains, several things are going to always happen. He says, as long as the earth remains, there's going to be seed time and harvest. There's going to be cold and heat. There's going to be winter and summer. There's going to be day and night. And these are not going to cease. Notice what's at the top of the list. Seed time and harvest shall not cease. So whether we understand it or not, there's a law. There's a universal law of sowing and reaping. And what we've learned in 2 Corinthians very simply is that God gives you seed so you can sow. And then he gives you bread so that you can eat. That means when you receive something of substance, you should ask yourself, is this seed to sow? 
or is this bread for food? Or is part of this seed to sow and the other part bread for food? Why? Because he gives you both. Amen? Amen. So the first step to learning how to believe God for seed is to understand the kingdom principle of sowing and reaping. Amen? Under, understand that this is God's system. He will give you seed. So if you have a need, what should you do? For example, my wife and I, we've decided we need another vehicle. You know, the truck that I personally drive is a 2004. It's completely paid for a long time. Matter of fact, I, I bought it cash, didn't have to borrow for it. But I've had it for a number of years. Well, we're believing for a new vehicle or, or another vehicle. You know, we just got her a vehicle. Well, guess what we've done? We've sowed a seed for it. Uh, we took 3700 and some odd dollars and paid somebody's car off so that they could drive a debt-free car. Well, man, I could have took that $3,743 or whatever that amount was and tucked it away in a savings account and let it build up over time, right? Uh, just uh, last week, We've got a, a, a faith project here at Faith Family Church where we're sowing into other churches and ministries that need a building that are using rented facilities. And sure enough, it moved on our heart and we sowed into this project another thousand dollars. Amen. We, why, why are we doing that? Because we're believing to live debt free. I'm not talking about Faith Family to have a debt free building. Yeah, Faith Family is sowing debt free seed. So that we can have a debt-free harvest. Amen? But Stanley and Marquita are sowing seeds, believing, so that we don't have to owe no man anything. So that we don't buy a car or a truck or an SUV for thirty, forty, or $50,000 on credit and end up paying forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 overall because of the interest. Amen? So the first step, how to believe God for a seed, or how to believe God for a seed, is understand the kingdom system. This is God's idea. This is not the world's way. It's God's idea. If you have a need, what do you do? You sow a seed. Did you all get anything out of that today? I said, did you all get anything out of that today? Amen. All right. Well, go ahead and stand up on your feet, and let me give you a good report.